Hi everyone, welcome to The Craig Muster Show, a show by Craig Muster, an executive business and life coach. It's all about helping people unlock their greatness and inspiring them to rise up and live their fullest life. This podcast is all about championing, coaching and transforming leaders, business people, entrepreneurs, thinkers and creatives through the stories and experiences of today's frontline leaders in business, government, media and the creative arts, apologetics, and Christianity. If this is your first time listening to our show, I want you to know that Craig has a tremendous passion to see people thrive while dismantling impossibilities. So subscribe and join our tribe. And if you want to know who I am, well, I'm his co-host, Tanya Rodriguez, an amazing entrepreneur, advisor to my city's cultural arts commission, and a vision strategist. Craig, what's up? How are you today? I'm doing good. I just, uh, I love, I love every time we get to have a fun guest like we have today and hang out with you and just talk about things that we're passionate about. I mean, that's always a good day for me. So I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing good. Excited for today, especially because Barry, I've actually, I've been coached by Barry. We did had a uh, an academy that I was a part of. So this is super cool to have both of you guys just kind of giving some of your secrets about what significance today's today's topic. Yeah. And, and um, you're going to get to know Barry very well today and at least a good intro. And I encourage you that you're going to want to check out his stuff because it, some people have content in their head and some people have what I like to call, you know, a master's degree in the pain of life. And, and Barry has a degree in, in, in the pain of life. And uh, it's amazing to watch how he's responded to what most people would do in certain circumstances and, and the choices he's made. You know, significance, significance will lead us to places that success could never afford to take us. And significance will lead us to go to places we never thought we would go when we were imagining the fullness of our life, especially, I believe, in our teens, in our 20s. Because most of the time when we're young, and and uh, this is not to say that, that it has to be, but most of the time when you were young and we're envisioning the fullness of our life, we're envisioning how that life looks, how it makes us look. And we're thinking, okay, what, what do I look like when that's happening? Because we're discovering passion. We're discovering meaning. We're discovering the ins and outs of why we're doing what we're doing. And so it's natural. Maybe that's the best word or common for us to dream at a young age. And when we're dreaming of us being fully in our wheelhouse, if you will, or fully alive or I love that phrase that, you know, the glory of God is man fully alive. When we as young people are dreaming of us fully alive, usually it's tied to how we look. It's tied to what other people think about us. And it's tied to us having the, I would say, probably respect and affection and admiration of the people that mean most to us. And so uh, if those people are the masses in a certain group, or if there are select few in a different group, the point is it's tied to how how we look. And that's ultimately what we're told is the greatest thing in life is, you know what, one day you're going to make it and you're going to look this way. And success promises that. And so when we get on that, 
that wheel and we turn it over and over again, it will lead us somewhere. But one of the first places it leads us, and some of us learn at a very young age, very quickly, and some of us learn after decades. At some point, we do learn success is not all it's cracked up to be. There is something very empty about how we've defined success. And at some point, and I, you know, I, for me, it wasn't necessarily this incredible moment that I shifted from desiring success to really seeking significance or, or looking at that. It was, it was a process of me continually letting go of what I thought I wanted the most to discover what I was born for. And oftentimes we're not born for the stage or the platform the way we think, but we are born for deeper significance than the stage or platform could ever give us. And so significance is an intriguing subject. It is a deep subject. It's something far greater than what we could actually dive into the depths of in one podcast. But part of the reason why I brought Barry in today is because this is his sweet spot. It's talking about significance. It's been part of his journey. He's had to walk it out in the awkward moments, in the painful moments, and in the victorious moments of saying, yes, I love living from this place. And so when I find people that have done this, and I know that their story has in it the tools to help other people make the transition in their life, preferably earlier than later. I'm talking to all you 20-year-olds out there right now. Right. All you young Gen Zers, young, young millennials, 20-year-olds that are sitting, you're thinking, you know what, I, I am going after my vision for life and I want to be a leader. You don't have to wait until you're in your 40s to make this transition from success to significance. You can make it today. And let me tell you, your value for your life will increase dramatically. And so Barry is a representation of that for me in my life. He's inspired me. He's um, on many occasions been an advisor to me. He's somebody that I value as a friend as well as I value the wisdom and his perspective. His perspective is oftentimes different than mine. And it's not at odds with my perspective, but it's different. And which means that I get to see things about life I would not have seen if I did not have a relationship with him. So, you know, he's been a leader in the people helping business for well over three decades. And in the midst of that has learned so much about not just himself, but about the people that he loves to help on their pilgrimage of discovering their purpose for life. And with that, I just want to welcome you, Barry. Thanks so much for joining us, Barry Sappington from Sappington Coaching. What's up, everybody? Hey, hey. Honored to be here, you guys. Thank you. So talk to me. You know, all the listeners out there, they don't know you from some uh, another coach or another pastor, and you've done both. Give us a little bit of your history and a little bit of your journey from what you would consider success into significance. Sure. Easy to do. And, and honored to be with you guys today. So excited to be with you, Craig and Tanya. You guys are just really I think setting something up amazing in this podcast, I think it's got such great potential to exhort the potential in people, to build people up in their uh, confidence, to pursue the things that, that's been placed inside of them, known and unknown. And I think that's the challenge as a young leader, right, is the uncertainty of what it's going to look like down the road. Because, I mean, honestly, when I first got started, I didn't think about 20 years down the road. I was probably still a bit that way today, probably still a bit ADHD, 
and can't quite get back <laughs> today, yet alone 10 years from now. But I've never thought a ton about tomorrow or you know, the future. I was like, if I could just get through today, and you know, so as we as we dream about and talk about success, you know, versus significance, I think my journey starts here. I think most of my life. I struggled with security. I didn't really like the Barry I saw in the mirror. And it was counter, quite honestly, to what people would tell me. But yet, I didn't have a sense of understanding of who I truly was. And, and a lot of people don't. That's part of why I started sapping in coaching. Craig, why you're doing what you're doing. Tanya, why you do what you do. Because we believe we found that purpose, that sweet spot, that secret sauce to, to give to others so they don't have to spend 30 years trying to figure it out. Mm. So for me, you know, I spent so much in the first half of my life trying to please other people. That's why my bride, Candy, we've been married 34 years. I have three kids and I've got grandchildren now. And, and that's why we made moves. It, and it's more I than we, because I would make moves for us because I thought, well, this church, this organization is done with us. We can't go any further. So we'll just go grass is greener. Right. Thinking, what was that? What was the thinking behind that? Right. If I just go to a bigger place, here's the success, the success piece. If I can just move to a larger church, bigger youth ministry, bigger church, greater impact, greater influence. That was the thinking. But see, the problem with, with, with my journey was that never was fulfilled. So every place we went, even leading up to our 2001 entry to San Diego, I grew up in Orange County in the 60s and 70s and um, came back after many years gone to Southern California in 2001. We've been serving a church in La Mesa for the past 19 years. And when we came here, uh, looking back, I can pretty much guarantee you it was a mindset of mine that the grass is greener. I'm going to get down there. I'm going to pass their church. It's going to be bigger than what I had before. Life is going to be grand. This thing is going to be a piece of cake. I'm in San Diego. I am pastoring a church in Southern California. Uh, we are living the dream, baby. Only to get here and for everything to unravel. And, and here's the reason for that, Craig. Tanya, here's the reason. It's because I didn't understand, number one, who I am. Because if you're going to live a significant life, it always comes back to identity, value, understanding who I am as a man, who I am as a, as a father, who I am as a husband, who I am as a leader. And a lot of those things hadn't been addressed in my life. So mm. I get here with some of the same motivation, same brokenness, same junk is the only way I could probably put it. That when I landed here, now granted, not everything was bad, and not everything inside me was wrong or bad. I was still, I think, a good leader. Yeah. But I hadn't found significant me yet. So through the process, we get here, and over 19 years, without detailing all the logistics of this, we've gone through a great deal of trial. We've gone through a great deal of error, and we've gone through successes. A lot of, uh, I'd say, at least three or four metamorphous moments when we looked like one thing and went through a season and came out the other side looking completely different. And that's part of what I'll, I'll probably talk about in a little bit is how, how is 
significance achieved. And one of the ways significance is achieved is looking at the process that God has taken you through up until you where you are today. No matter how old you are, there's still a process that got you where you are today. So I'm I'm in the process still of landing my plane, trying to live the significant life that God's called me to. You said it kind of like went kablooey, just like boom moment. How was your life in that moment? Like, what was your response? Like, what was going through your head? Probably not good. <laughs> I probably didn't handle it well. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're hardest on ourselves, right? We look at our reactions to things. We, we, we sometimes measure ourselves based on how we see others. I might measure myself up to Craig now and go, man, I, I, if I could be a coach like Craig, if I could be like Tanya, man, I would, I, you know, I've, I've achieved so much. But to answer your question is when it unraveled, and it wasn't immediate, it's taken, it's taken a few years prior to some of the major um, challenges that came with taking a congregation that had been around a long time, denominational church, which Craig's familiar with, and, um, and navigating a congregation that thought they want to change, but in essence, it was change that they had put into a box. And when I broke, broke down the barriers of that box, it messed everybody up and including yeah. us. Right. So I came out the other side, Tanya, answer your question. I came out the other side yeah. years later, looking back at all the things that had been stripped, all the rough edges had been exposed, the birds yeah. that were there yeah. that would cut people, you know, um, that's, yeah. that's what came it, out the other side for it me. It sounds like exactly like you had to go through a process alongside the church going through a process at the same True. time. Yeah. Like you just had to live that one out. So, yeah. And, and Tanya, here's the thing. We had experienced what in, in our, in our friendship, we know what I'm about to say makes sense. Some won't understand it, but we, we had been impacted by what we call revival culture which means for us as a pastor of a church, it meant that we were very driven for something that most of my experience we hadn't been driven by. Mm. And that was contrary to what the congregation understood. So we brought that in, began to live who we are, and that is what caused us to enter a season where we came out very naked. It's the best way to say it. Just I was shed of, of everything that I once knew as security from the challenge of, are we gonna stay? to income, to you got half a church congregation that doesn't like you, doesn't want you. There's rejection. My greatest fear in my life is the fear of rejection. Here's a congregation rejecting me. So it was horrible, quite honestly, but I'm grateful for it today. So you, you talk about, you come on the other side of it naked and at that moment, you have decisions, right? I mean, at that moment, there's there are tough decisions to make. Because anytime we go through a season of being stripped, stripped of everything that we've been holding on to us or holding on for security, for provision, for I, you know, feeling good about ourselves, whatever. Whatever we're using in terms of security, when that gets stripped of us, you know. In a, and I know many people listening today, if you are in your, by your mid twenties, you've experienced this nowadays, you know, it used to be, you don't experience that till your thirties or forties, the pressure to be a success so much faster today than it was when, when I was young, 
If you're not, you know, somebody by the time you're in your late twenties, you're already too old. You're already past. You're already, something's wrong. Everyone is, it's like this rat race to become someone. So I know the people listening in every age group are going to understand what you're talking about. They come on the other side of it and naked. There is nothing protecting them from the elements of the weather. There's nothing protecting them from the elements of the condition they find themselves in. They are brutally stark naked. And the decision that you have to make at that point, it is definitely not convenient. At that point, what did you choose and how did you choose it? Where did you move from that place of of nakedness? It's a great question. I don't know if they've ever been asked that before. And I don't know that even in that dark time, I don't know that I have had an answer. I'll tell you what I think happened. I think like a lot of us, I reverted to a way of thinking that I've always known. I mean, that's kind of an addictive behavior because if you think about addiction, it's like when you get triggered because of life issues or life-related struggles and trials, you revert to the thing that's the most common and consistent in your life. A lot of times an addict will go back to that addiction, right? Or we might go back to a unhealthy way of processing and thinking about how we negotiate the challenge as before. So here we are naked. Now, how do I come out of that? Well, I probably went back to a way of thinking that wasn't out of significant me. It was out of successful me. Okay. All right. So I'll just get, and I'll start bullet pointing things I've always done. We'll just, we'll just regrow this thing in a different way. And I went back to a success model. And what is a a success model? Never true. I shouldn't say never, but most often you're never able to come to a landing place because once you get through that difficulty and you get to the other side, then if you haven't changed your behavior and the way you understand your significance, you just revert to the same things you did prior. It may look like, smell like, taste different, but it's still inherently the same principles that got you in this problem to begin with. Now you're just going to come back into another kind of problem. Yeah, that's interesting. I was reading through a story found in the Old Testament of the book, book of Exodus a couple of weeks ago. There's a story about the entire nation of Israel being slaves and being led out of Egypt where they were slaves into their, their destination was a promised land. And the promised land was just that land of promise, meaning this is where you're going. You're going to get to this place. So you're going to let go of slavery and you're going to get to land. And Moses uses this incredible, you know, poetic phrase. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Right. To give them that image of we're going somewhere better than we have right now. And part of the process of them even letting go of Egypt was... They had all of the most modern methods of living in Egypt. I mean, they were, they might have been slaves, but they were well taken care of as far as that goes. Okay. And then Moses shows up and says, Hey, let come on, we want freedom. And the moment they go for freedom, it gets worse, right? All of a sudden, they're being challenged over and over again, beat harder than before, required to produce more with less. And the process gets worse the moment they begin to think of freedom. The moment they begin to think of, I'm no longer going to be a slave. I'm going to actually step into the place I belong in. It goes the opposite direction. 
when they finally get out of Egypt, it says they go into the desert. <laughs> so they go from they go from slavery to worse slavery to a desert. Right. I call that their naked moment. Sure. That is where everything that they had been relying on, because, you know, the thing that slavery does is it gives you consistency. Slavery, you know what to expect. Right. You know, you can earn something. You know, if you do really good today, you're going to be taken care of. You're going to have food. You're going to have running water. <laughs> and so it's almost like this treaty that we make with certainty. If I can have certainty, I'll give up my freedom. If I can have certainty, I'll give up my calling. If I can have certainty, I'll give up land flowing with milk and honey. But this phrase stood out to me because now they're in the desert and they're actually naked, not physically, but into your term. They came out of the other side of the saying naked. They cannot take care of themselves at all. They have to totally rely on their God to provide water for them, food for them, protection for them. Their best efforts can't provide any of that. And they began to grumble and complain, especially when they saw the giants living in the land of promise. So in their, in their eyes, right, they're thinking, land flowing with milk and honey, this is going to be amazing. Until they see the giants. And they're like, wait, yeah, there is that milk and honey thing there, but there's a bunch of other things, too, that we're going to oh, have yeah, to yeah. possess. Yeah. This yeah. is the phrase they used. <laughs> this is, this cool. is the phrase they use when they say they want to go back to Egypt. We want to go back to Egypt. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. My example is not as cool as yours, Craig. I'm I'm having a Disney moment here with uh, the scene where Rapunzel, the Disney movie Rapunzel, she's set free from the tower and she's like, I'm free. And then she's like, no, take me back, you know? So yeah, <laughs> yours is sure. much cooler, yeah. but that's totally that's what I have in my head. Feel more tangible, like, you know perspective that was awesome yeah i mean it took 30 seconds for you to say what took me five minutes <laughs> this is brilliant, Tanya. why are we even on here craig it's <laughs> off tanya yeah definitely disney has the capacity to do that so yeah. so talk to me you're you know this is this is all you're speaking about all of us when we're given the option of running back to comfort we we usually do it without even thinking it's not even necessarily a concerted thoughtful, intentional process. We just go back into survival without even thinking. We run back to clothe ourselves. We run back into slavery because it promised us what this other promised land with giants. What did you do when you ran back and how did the, you know, what was your process there? Well, I think, I think it's important to understand that the, um, the voices that you listen to will compel you to go the direction that you're supposed to go another trusted voices. And I just began to listen to the people that I trust at the time. I think we all understand that relationships come and go voices are all around us. I mean, probably we have access to more voice infused influence through social media and everything that's out there now to really be impacted in some, and most of the time, not in a great way for me, it was, intentionally going after the voices I knew would be honest with me and, and call me out if they saw me repeating a pattern of behavior that I know was not healthy and helping me break off and then reclothe myself, re uh, in, empower myself, if you will, 
to begin the journey back or into significant living. And I don't know, you know, language is subjective, right? I mean, I had this language many years ago. Now I've got this language that is identifying my, my journey. I just call it, uh, when I do my next mastermind, it's just going to simply be called significant you. Because isn't that the essence of what we're trying to help people do is find out the significance that's inside of you and live it and be it. So simple answer, Craig, was voice. And I think, I think coming back to a place, and this has been the journey since then, right, yeah. is understanding that the ultimate reason that Jesus came wasn't for success. I mean, he's my... He's my inspiration. He's the one that directs my path. He's the one that keeps me true, my true north compass bearing, right? So he said in, in, in I think it's Matthew 22, when he talked about, you're going to love me, my, my paraphrase, love you with everything that's inside of you, just everything. And then I need you to take that, that vertical love and I need you to give away horizontally. So love the one, love the demarginalized, love the disenfranchised, love Love the one that you step over in the gutter to get to, into your church building. So, so for me, it's been this ever-evolving progression of for, forgetting what success looked like to my in my life and begin to turn the tide and begin to say, now listen, success is fleeting. It's not necessarily bad, but it's fleeting. It ebb and flows. One day I could be high, high on the mountain, the next day... I'm in the gutter, one decision away from making a bad decision and everything goes away. So success is not something you can build on. You, it's like we know in, in the, let me make this quick analogy. We know that in the stock market, you know, people that live for the stock market, one day they are like, I made a million dollars. The next day they're in complete ruin because of the investment. Thank God I had no money can't invest it. But, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? It's like, so significance is the place where we want to help people come to. Because when you live from a place of significance, then you can live in a place of freedom to pursue the, the things that God's placed inside of your life. You brought up something that I think can be overlooked. You know, the voices in our life often determine our destination. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I'm challenged by sometimes dumbing down the voices in my life, not broadening, meaning if, if there's only one flavor of voice in my life, then most of the time my, my opportunities are only going to be in that realm. So if I only have people that think a certain way that are speaking into my life, if I want to go somewhere different, if I want to move from success to significance, I better have some people that are voicing the necessity of significance in my life. Hmm. I better not just have people that are repeating the broken record that I'm actually trying to break out of my life. And I, I think sometimes out of a sense of loyalty, a sense of, well, they were there for me when, you know, sometimes we, we bond the deepest to people when we're at our lowest points. I don't even think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but no. the issue then becomes sometimes the people around us at our lowest points aren't the healthiest. Correct. So out of a desire to be loyal, we can pull them and keep them in our lives where we've got to actually shift over or switch over the voices mm -hmm. in order for us to go to a different destination than where we've been going. 
completely agree. Completely agree. I mean, you, I don't need to add to that. That's just very well stated. And I think, I think sometimes we outgrow people. Yeah. And I think sometimes other people outgrow us. Yes. And there comes a place where we have to determine what do we do with that relationship? Yeah. Do we, do we keep it just simply as that a friendship, a relationship that we can have, or do I need to cut it? Because otherwise it's, it's going to be an anchor that, that keeps me from pursuing the things that are inside of me. When you're a loyal person like I am, this is the hardest thing. This is the hardest, like one one oh, yeah. of the hardest life lessons is to know um, when to pull away or allow someone to pull you're away. Right. You're right. And right. most of the times I, I'm a person who loves growth. So most of the time it's me that has to pull away because yeah. I can't stay in the same place. Like, especially if I hung on to someone because of a pain or a situation or a storm that I was going through. And that person was pivotal in that season for me for us to share. Um, but if I, you know, like I said, I love growth. So I know I'm never going to stay there. It may be for a time. It may be a year or two even right. until I finally grow, but I will grow. Um, this I know because I cling to, to Jesus to help me do that. And right. it's so hard because, I'm loyal to, to the person they've been there, but, um, for that new season that you have that, that discovering your significance, like it's so vital to know what your boundaries are and that it's okay. Like it's oh, absolutely hundred percent fine to let people know, um, that, yeah, that you're moving help. on. We all need help in those decisions to sometimes cut relationships. I'll, I'll tell you that Candy and I, my wife, um, She'll sometimes, this might be a little bit too raw, but I'll just tell you, she, she'll she say something to me about a person that was in her life at the church. They, they, they came and they decided to leave for whatever reason. And I have a tendency to move on. I have a tendency like, hey, they left. It's not like they left this, so you know, screw them. It's kind of like, yeah. no, they left. But to maintain the relationship where they've chosen to leave our, our cross-point family in this case, it's not that I don't care about them anymore. It's just that I'm moving on. I've got to move on with the family that it's right in front of me right now. Yeah. And, and sometimes Candy goes, well, don't you care about those people that I go, I do, but I don't have the time, energy, or focus to spend a lot of energy on people that have decided to not engage me as family any longer or to that, that aren't contributing to my pursuit of walking in significance. That makes sense. Yeah. Completely makes sense. Yeah. Come back to something you said at the beginning, I thought was interesting, you know, in your personal story, which is, is you've come out of living a predominantly successful driven life to significance driven. And yet there's still a fight for it. You said yes. you're still, yes. I, I don't know. I, yeah. You know, I'm 40, what, 47 right now. Okay. I don't know if that tension is ever going to leave, meaning the voices seem to always be there mm -hmm. to go back to something that is achievable in our own strength that feeds our ego. I don't, I don't know if there's ever going to come a point, Barry, that the, all of a sudden it's just smooth sailing. No, no tension. How are you walking this out right now? How are you living in the tension and pushing to stay in that place of significance rather than just success? Oh, I don't wow. know if I'm doing it well because I, I spend so I, I I'm 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 one of those guys that um, and always have been, you know I, I love to be around people but I don't like to be around people. I've always wanted 
and needed affirmation and verbal, you know, not my love language is not words of affirmation, but I've always wanted people to high five. You're amazing. Da, 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 da. Right. So there is that tension, but here's, here's where I am. I'm in a place in my journey now where I really don't care about what success looks like. I could, I could, I could go back, but it's kind of like, like if I were to go to, to see Jesus today, I would feel I had a pretty fulfilled life. Mm. A few bullet points. I mean, I've been in a church 19 years. They've loved me for 19 years. They've mm-hmm. let me stay for 19 years. I've got a great marriage. I'm 34 years you know, married. I've got three wonderful, I mentioned this already. I've got kids. I've got grandkids. I've had the privilege of traveling to some really cool places in the world. I, I've got to preach in different places. I, I've got amazing friends. I own a home. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I've been blessed. And, and so what is there left? Uh, to go to a bigger church? Hmm, big deal. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm done with that. I think success is, like I said, fleeting. It's so for me now, at 58, I want to spend the rest of my life doing what sapping and coaching is attempting to do, and that's to help people find their sweet spot of purpose, to live a life of significance. That success, success can be a part of a significant life, but understand that success is not in and of itself significance. You live with the realm and understand that I'm living to be significant me. Success has to follow my significance not the not the opposite that's that's powerful and and i think that goes to understanding that you know even assignments submit to calling not the other way around and maybe in a different session we'll talk through that with people so they understand in in the first episode we talked about identity community and expression identity who you are community what's your tribe or who's your tribe and then what's your expression to change the world all three are very important and they all they all intersect in this place of significance. And I think that's a great place for us to finish today. You know, here, you just heard a man in his 50s tell you exactly why he's alive. And he's not arguing about it anymore. He's not trying to prove it. He's just being it and putting action to it. And it's taking him into a place where he's not driven to try to grow a large church to feel significant anymore. He can pastor and lead a church without the drivenness. He can own a business, a coaching business, and this is something I can attest to. He knows how to engage with one person at a time in a way that it is life-altering. It changes the trajectory of the lives he comes in contact with because he gives you your undivided attention, and he's not looking past you to the large crowd. He's just looking at you. And that's what Sappington Coaching is all about. I encourage you to check out his website, sappingtoncoaching.org, and um, and follow him on Facebook. Take a look at what he's doing. But I encourage you more than anything else as a listener today that if you've been challenged, what we're not saying is you got to stop doing stuff. What we're saying is you need to start realizing where you're doing it from. As a matter of fact, sometimes when people stall out and stop doing anything, they don't go into significance. They go into apathy. And so I encourage you, don't stop. Do great things. But begin to find those great things that are attached to more than just how they make you look. Yeah. Do them because it's who you are. Yeah. Barry, would you just... Would you just bless, bless the listeners today and speak a blessing over them on their courage to find significance? Absolutely. And I think 
when we think about the word significance, I was looking up some definitions. And one of the definitions is an interesting one. It says it's a sign. I'll just ponder that for a sign. Why would significance be a sign? And, and some of the words that define it or help to explain it was it's compelling. It's powerful. It's notable. What's a sign do? A sign is directional. When I see a sign, it may say stop. I see a sign, it may say go. It might say, uh, you know, Carlsbad, 15 miles ahead. Mm. It, gives you, it gives you what I would call riverbanks by which to operate or not operate. I think that's what significant does. It's a type of sign in your life that says you're on point. You're on purpose. You're living, mm. you're living the life that you were designed to live. And, and, and there's times when it spills over, the, the you know, riverbank, it goes over. Those are the rare moments because you don't want a river to overflow its banks typically because it does what? It floods, it does damage. What you want is you want something that keeps you on point. I believe living a significant life keeps you on point. It's, it's signage that mm. continues to not help you navigate why you were created to be here. And I bless you today with the, the desire, first of all, the desire to want to live out of significance. And the second thing is to remember, as I pray blessing over you, is that pain is your friend. Don't look at this, the process you're going through. Don't look, no matter how old you are, we all experience painful things at every age level and every age category. But remember, pain becomes your platform. Everything I've gone through since I've been here, even prior to coming here, He's become a, a platform for me to walk out of who I truly am. So I pray the blessing of the Father. I pray that he would just continue to compel you to live with purpose in mind. And that God would continue to strengthen your resolve, to desire to love people really well, and to operate in significance versus just out of success. Thank you, Barry, and thank you, everyone, for being here today and listening to this podcast. It was amazing today. So per Barry, let significance be like a compass for you to navigate the waters that you are in. And Barry, what is that website that, that everyone can find you at? They can go and check out sappingtoncoaching.org, and uh, they can leave me an email if they want more information. We've got some things coming up, but exciting. Thank you, Barry. If you felt empowered by today's episode, join our mailing list to find out more about live courses, events, masterclasses, or go to craigmuster.com. And remember, leave a comment below and tell others about The Craig Muster Show.